Our country is ablaze. If only our ancestors could see the chaos of modern America. Cities are overrun with foreign nationals and the casualties of corporate dictatorship. While our greedy politicians do nothing, the feckless fiddle while America burns. Time's up, patriots. The great American experiment has failed. Welcome to Fear Me. Fear Me. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is the Fear Me Podcast. This is our 70th episode of the Fear Me Podcast. And tonight we're talking about Fear the Walking Dead. And it's uh, episode 3.3, season 3, episode 3. And it's called... uh, Tia Twaki. Tia Twaki. Yes, yes, a real tongue twister. We're missing Kim tonight. Who's Kim? Who's Kim? Actually, we're missing the heart and soul of the show. So I hate to say, folks, you're just going to have to deal with us. Oh, no, I, I mean, I, hey, Scott, you bring the game for sure. <laughs> right, Stuart. Unfortunately, you're going to have to hear me talk more. Um, yeah. But hopefully everybody can deal with it for one night or yes. one episode. Yes. As it Kim, were. Kim is out having fun at the beach. Yeah. Tra- tracking down turtles. So we're all happy for her being able to do that. She did. Uh, she did write in to us to let us know what she thought of this last episode. So we'll be sharing that with you. Yeah, we got a little little snippet of her thoughts on the episode as well coming up yep. later. Yep. Very good. Very good. Um, Stu, so how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, man? Good. Good. You handling the uh, single life with all the kids? Uh, not Kim very going? well. Not very uh, well at all. No. Uh, yeah. It's nice. like a, a race everywhere, and um, <laughs> logistically, it's a nightmare. Yeah, because our mom is here helping out, but um, uh, getting five kids around and you got a, va- a van with a bunch of seats and trying to figure out how to entertain them during the summer um, with no mom around and still having deadlines and work is is quite a chore. Yeah, but we're figuring it out. I'm, I'm getting through it, and um, I see that uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. I only got three yeah. more days. Yeah, it's only a week, right? Oof, my God. It has been a week already. <laughs> Absolutely. We're good. Yeah. So good. that's why I'm cracking this beer, which ah. happens to be yeah, the what are you Southern drinking? State of Mind, which Whoa. somehow made it to the back end of my refrigerator at some point. <laughs> <laughs> it's from a Southern Tier Brewing Company, Sugar Creek brewing company is it is it two breweries you left oh, this with me that's one the one i left you yes, yes i wanted yeah, you to try it india pale ale with uh, maple syrup <laughs> and fermented with oak chips i'm guessing <laughs> the fermented part is going to be the the lovely part of the taste you, so give us a try and let me see what you think you know what that's not that bad i thought it was gonna be terrible really, really? i mean it's kind of it's kind of uh, got a little bit of a burnt taste to it mm-hmm um, but no, it's not that bad. I don't really taste the maple that bad. Really? God, I did. No, I something got all over the can, though. Oh, that was, that's the maple. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's like a tree. It seeps out of it. You know what, people, if you're out there, I don't know. I think you might you might enjoy the southern state of mind. I, it's good. It doesn't really taste like an India pale ale at all to me, though. It tastes like yeah. a, um, uh, like a, a, a amber beer or something. Yeah, and I think that's because of the molasses. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, India Pale Ale is supposed to be very hoppy and sharp, and that molasses brings in a lot more of the 
maltiness to the beer, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good. I'm all very right, surprised. Right. I, well, I was I'm, I'm happy about for to, you. Yeah, I was ready to throw this one up all over the place, but it's okay. <laughs> and yes. you? I am drinking um, one from Sweetwater down near you in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. um, Georgia. Yep. It's a seasonal one that they have, and it's called Cool Breeze. It's a cucumber saison. Hmm. And it's not good. <laughs> I hate to say it. I mean, yeah, it's pretty bad. I love Sweetwater. Almost everything they've done has been wonderful. But this one's kind of a miss. This is is, uh, way too much of a cucumber taste in. Is it as bad as that uh, Terrapin Watermelon Goosa? Uh, You remember that one that had salt in it? Yeah, yeah. That was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. Does that one actually have chunks of cucumber in it? No, it doesn't. But it doesn't need them. Um, now, you know, I mean, I hate to say it. I, I already, I'm not big on Belgian beers to begin with, but I still decided to give it a try because I really was curious if, you know, to taste if there's really a lot of cucumber in this thing. And yeah, you can taste the cucumber. All right. Yeah. So, that's uh, all, Well, yeah. And, and Sweetwater has not let us down yet. They actually have mm-hmm. some pretty good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, it's not, it's not a recommendation by me, but, um, but definitely anything else by Sweetwater we love. Okay. Well, okay. Well, Stu, what did you? Uh, what's your general thoughts on the episode? I actually thought it was very good. The first time around, I thought it felt a little bit slower, but after watching it the second time, which the ending is awesome. I mean, that's that's a given. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed some of the the dialogue that was going on uh, between the two, the different couples of characters that were there. But watching it the the second time, I think um, the scenes with the Christ Risen stuff at least at, even like at the start with they're, they're at the chow line and the girls like inviting alicia to come come with them and the stuff with troy and development of his character even though some of it's like you're still trying to figure out where this kid is coming from and then um the stuff at the end obviously with with daniel is awesome so yeah. no it was, it was a great episode it really was mm-hmm. and i i was really thinking that they were not gonna be able to pull that off after the first two I thought, you know, this was going to be going into a much more kind of a, a boring development. But, right. um, man, they had some great stuff in this episode. Yeah, I you know, I, I totally agree. Um, I agree also that I thought, I, th- I you know, I kind of figured this was going to be more of a developmental episode, character development episode, and, and it was. Um, yeah. But this one was really well done. And um, I think, and I'll, I'll talk more about it later, but for me, I think Madison is what made the episode for me. Mm. And, but I also enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed the, being able to see a little bit different side of Alicia, uh, the Troy dynamic and so forth and, and, and Jeremiah and, uh, and also Daniel popping in at the end for a little cameo was, was quite surprising and interesting. Yeah. Well, you called it. Yeah. I just was. (laughs) <laughs> I think maybe I called it, but was really not thinking it would happen. You called it almost as like a joke, like "Oh, come on!" Yeah. Like, yeah. is he actually going to? Well, I mean, it's not as much, much of a joke as it's Tobias, right? Right. Which um, I mean, it's it all it's very possible because they never gave an ending to the character. Right. Right. No doubt. Yeah. It's just that uh, here plausible. we are again in a part of the world where everybody's wandering around, and you just happen to run into another guy you know. Yeah. But, you know, I guess that's how these work, right? Hey, man, it happened. It happened. They'll eventually have to 
catch up because they got to catch up uh, father and son. Yeah. Or well, father and daughter, excuse me. Yeah, the, I think the next episode uh, looks like it, they're they're talking about uh, a little bit about where he was too. So they're giving some explanation to his storyline, I think. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I I mean, you know, in our imaginary world, I know we nitpick like this thing to death yeah. on what what can happen, what should be happening based on everybody's reactions to different events and so forth. But right, the, you know, this was it was it was kind of a happy moment. You're like, oh, okay, that's cool. All right, Daniel, we like Daniel. They yes. build Daniel up in yes. a great way, and yeah. uh, you know they always, of course, in the Walking Dead trilo- uh, um, uh, storylines, they always take away the people we like. But uh, in this one, it was like they didn't give an ending to it, so right. there exactly. was always that question out there. Right. So this and is then, of good course, it leads to the other question: resolution. Is Cecilia still out there? Ophelia? Or no, Cecilia. Cecilia. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I feel you, Cecilia. She, Ophelia. She was in there too. <laughs> anyway, that'll be interesting to uh, to look at. God, I hope not. That yeah, me too. That would, that would be a little bit, a little yeah. bit more than I could. Because, okay, yeah. To, I mean, in review, the when they disappeared, it, they were in the basement, the wine cellar, right? Yep. With the the old woman and Daniel yep. were stuck down in there, and then th- there's a big fire, and that was it. Right. Right. Exactly. And really, at that point, you assumed that um, Cecilia had already been killed by those. Um, by the walkers down there, and and I, which I thought was a fantastic scene, the way they made the walkers morph into regular people, just to show his delusion. Yeah, which uh, you know I thought it was really a wonderful scene. But it is great to have Daniel back. I mean, we did enjoy his character. I I, I much more enjoyed the practical Daniel, the Daniel that gets him out of problems and stuff like that, than crazy Daniel. But you know. I'll take whatever Daniel they throw at us. I, I could go for more crazy Daniel. Yeah, maybe, maybe. What about what about uh, crazy Jeremiah Otto? Do I I love that starting when there it was just the infomercial. Yeah, the open infomercial. Yes, yeah. especially I I mean when he when he <laughs> when he straightens that kid's plane out <laughs> the plane wing. <laughs> yeah. I died laughing. Super it was cheesy. So lame. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, here you go, son. <laughs> All better now. <laughs> you and your crooked eye would never get that plane straight. <laughs> yeah, you know which son that was, right? Uh, no. Jake. Oh, was the it? Older. Okay. Yeah, the older one. Okay. Yeah. You could tell you get... because he was not like killing a gerbil or something. Well, no, you saw it later on when they when they took the outtakes. You know, oh, when, yeah. when Madison <laughs> watched the outtake, you yeah. could see the both kids at that point. Yes. Which was, you know, which I thought, you know. Like you said, it was a fantastic open, and uh, it was a cool open, and uh, and it w- I thought it was also really cool that they used it so much in developing the story. Yeah, you know, yeah, in developing his his storyline, his background, without a right, doubt, right. without a doubt, and also developing Troy. Yeah, I mean, it it did, and Jake for that matter. It 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 so much gave us a background on why Troy is so twisted. Mm-hmm. And why Jeremiah and Jake are covering for him? You're talking you know? about because of his mom. Yeah. Well, no, not even that. Jeremiah is covering for him because he feels terribly guilty about what happened. You know, because you know he, he the mom was a drunk. He was a drunk mm-hmm. and abusive, and he watched. You know, he watched Troy trying to uh, keep the, his mother alive, and she hated him for it. Because he represented all that was weak in her, I guess. 
And, you know, and Jake was kind of standing in the background watching this thing, trying, I guess, trying to protect him as much as possible from it. Because you, you saw that in that outtake where, you know, Troy in the background, you know, after the mother calls him a loser or whatever, goes over to, to uh, Jake and hugs him. So it really gave, because my biggest question is, with this dude being as big a psychopath as he is, how can you, how can you, you know, even, even family, how can you protect that? You know, I mm-hmm. mean, it's just insane. But how like, does that become the important thing? Yeah, but I mean, but it makes sense now. It makes sense that that Jeremiah is doing this out of a huge sense of guilt. And, you know, and he told Madison, we took her down into the pantry, that the reason he put up with with Troy and what what has happened with him is that it's uh, Troy was broken in the other world. And this is a new world. And maybe he has a place there. Right. And and he wants to make it a better world because of that so that explained a lot because i really was having struggling with the uh with trying to decide you know really how far would i go if i were protecting one of my brothers who was an absolute psychopath hey man i'll test you one day yeah i don't think i'd protect you that long okay sweet thanks sorry Appreciate i would let that. the other i would have let the ranch know. that's why i have five children yes yes <laughs> one of them's gotta work that's right <laughs> playing the odds that's right rolling the dice no i liked oh. it when he was uh when he was back to back to the infomercial when he was hawking the bucket though and he's like naming the stuff that's in there and he's like iodine pills pocket constitution <laughs> i know that was great <laughs> <laughs> everything to survive the apocalypse i thought there was more in that bucket though yeah it looked like, like there chicken. was more in the bucket yeah it did well he was just naming some important stuff all right maybe some wings <laughs> exactly <laughs> Some biscuits. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But anyway, so that was a great open. Really loved it. Um, as I said, I, I I was very impressed with uh, Madison's character throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe I was more impressed with her than some other people were. But I I thought that her character was masterful throughout the whole episode. And and what I mean by that is. To me, Madison felt like a, a chess player in this episode. And she was setting all her pieces into motion. She was working each person to put them into position. Um, I think on a lot of it, she wasn't wasn't sincere at all. That she was actually moving to put... You know, her talks with Jeremiah. Her talks with with Alicia and, and, um, and her brother. They were... She was positioning them. Yeah, but she was delivering everything well enough that it was still hitting its mark. Right, like right. Every, I mean, it was just enough to get like, like it, from the very beginning of the episode. Like you're like you're saying. I mean, when when it's when we're dealing with the, um, the yeah, with the few, memorial the, service. Yeah, the memorial service, and she stands up and she just introduces herself and wants to say how she's sorry, and that was a very strong move. Right in she the middle the of this crowd. Yeah, in this crowd, and. Uh, Man, they were not accepting of that. No, no. But she put, but she put out there, she put out there that they're that they you know want to fit in. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that she sold it to them at that point, but she's putting it out there. Now her, you know, when we get to the end of the episode where she's volunteering to go out with the search party, all right, that's the next step. Yep. Now she's showing participation. I even love the fact that she was even working Lu- uh, Luciana. Because she was heading off as much as possible Luciana's need to get out of there. Well, when 
And, and also, um, uh, you know, even through, like, we were talking about the chow line part. I mean, she's mm-hmm. showing, even when she's showing um, some sort of sensitivity at this point, mm-hmm. she's also mm-hmm. showing strength at the same time. Well, yeah, or cunning. Yeah, like, when, but when the guy was talking shit to him about, like, right. you know, and Alicia stands up and, and she even, you know, was like, well, just don't worry about it. Not yeah, right let now, it you go. know? Let yeah, it let it go. It's not, it's not time to play that. Right. And, uh, you know, so she was showing um, some attitude, right. I guess would be the best way to say it is, you know, it's like, you know, you, you know, we're we're being honest with you. We're trying to be sensitive to the situation here, but you're not going to walk all over us right. at the same and, time. Right. And and I think, you know, it's funny if you if you watch it. I mean, you know, she w- she even positioned Alicia to be within to work herself into the community by going to the Bible study thing. Mm hmm. She she was talking to, like I said, Luciana and trying to get her in a position. Her, her biggest manipulations were happening with uh, with Troy. Um, she was working him big time. And uh, and Nick, Nick also she was working. Matter of fact, I think the only time that she was thrown off her game is when uh, when she found out that Nick went out hunting with Troy for the boars. And you could see she was a little bit kind of like, oh, what? What? Yeah, right. Because that was not something she set up. Yeah, it was out of her control. Right. So I think that was the one time that she just really kind of was thrown out. She's been very abrasive mm-hmm. to a lot of people. I mean, it caused, you know, like what Jeremiah said, you know, are you a hard woman to like, Madison? She's been very abrasive to to him and to others, I think, as a show, show of strength. And she's been working Jeremiah and his boys big time. Yeah, he's not much of a teddy bear on. No, she. They've been, but she's hustling them. I mean, she throws in a little bit of uh, semi sweetness every once in a while, but she's really hustling them. But I really thought that uh, her her working on Jeremiah was interesting because she really did come out very abrasive and harsh and all. But then in the end, she she got him into a uh, you know a real heart to heart moment. Mm -hmm. Where they found you know when she said when she mentions to Jeremiah that. Nick is a drug addict. It's to reach him because of his his addiction that affected their family. And, you know, and she, she's just looking for a way in. I don't know if she's sincere. She's probably half sincere with the stuff. Her manipulations of this stuff is to secure her family's position in there. Right. It's opening up the doors that, listen, we have problems too. Mm-hmm. Relatable problems uh, that we can, you know, communicate on. But, um... I mean, back to, I, I, before we leave the service completely, did you remember um, when she stood up and first started kind of introducing themselves and yeah. she said, Travis was our compass and and then she caught herself? Yeah. It was like she started like, I don't know, almost being a little bit too honest. And then she mm-hmm. caught herself to show like how strong she was. Yeah. Or she was pulling harp, str- harp strings. Yeah, possibly. You know, I mean, because, but the thing is that when then Troy goes to their bunkhouse and is laying in the bed and pops up and he, he points that out. He's like, oh, you gave him a name. So you got to get make him a, a person. Right. Right. Well, you know, I also think, um, you know, we complained last time about the fact that we didn't feel like Madison uh, couldn't show a real genuine ho- sorrow over what happened to. To Troy and so forth, and you mean to Travis? I mean to Travis. Thank you. But it seems to me almost the way she's playing it 
seems to me that it would make people be kind of not sure where she's coming from. You know, because, you know, it doesn't, it, when she is upset about things, it doesn't seem to be, you know, it's hard to tell if it's totally sincere or not. And maybe that's, maybe that's on purpose. Because it keeps people off kilter a little bit. Keeps them on their toes. Um, yeah. But you, you mean that she does not, uh, like people wouldn't trust her totally? Yeah, well, just that, it, you know, if, if um, you know, if she's showing any emotion, it's hard to tell, is it really genuine or not? Or how is and, she going to react to any situation? Right. And it, it really, it makes her kind of a wild card to people. And, um, you know, when they try to take her to face value, like, like Jeremiah did, that, uh, that could be dangerous. You know, I don't know. I just think I that maybe... Is that, is that something that would work towards her benefit, though? I think so. Just I because so. because they don't know where she's going to come from? I think they, you know, I think they, it would leave people you know, wanting to believe she's sincere, um, but kind of, you know, thrown off a little bit on, you know, what to expect from her. And I don't know. I don't, I'm almost like, I, I feel like we see that side, mm-hmm. but the whole idea is that she's hiding it enough that they don't see it, you know, that the manipulation is working enough to where she's in control of it. Mm-hmm. It could backfire if someone sure. does see behind that door. Right. But I have a feeling that we're supposed to see into her manipulation what others are not. You know, the right. people that are manipulated manipulated are not supposed to see. Right. But, you know, it's kind of, to me, I think the what made me start thinking about that, it was the scene from the previous episode where um, Madison is at the tree and crying about, supposedly crying about Travis, and Jeremiah goes up to talk to her about it. And his, and his real mission is almost to um, console her a little bit, but also be, you know, tell her that we're watching you by bringing up about the gun, signing out the gun. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if maybe that she does that to throw him off a little bit. You know, and what I mean is um, right now, it seems like Jeremiah is buying into it. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, but, He's got, you know, he's got to be a little wary of it, too. Well, he is. I mean, he's a salesman that you're seeing from this episode. He he knows the art of the deal. Or at least he hoped he did. It didn't <laughs> work out did. real well. I, I have a feeling, though, that, that maybe older Jeremiah maybe is a little bit softer. Yeah. Um, than probably he was previously. Right. Um, so maybe he is a little bit more gullible to the story now. But I have a feeling he's not. He's going to turn at some point when Madison least expects it, and he's going to figure something out. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, maybe, or it may be that she turns on him when he least yeah, expects it. I, I just don't. I do not trust that guy. I don't trust him or any of those people there at all. And yeah. they're too. They're too brainwashed for one thing. He's right. got like he's got a control over all of them, and if he. To be, I mean, that's just a powder keg to be trying to play around with mm-hmm. in her position, to be trying to manipulate that. If if someone does, like you got Mister Wildcard himself, Troy, right, who's ready to go off at any moment, and you know um, this Jeremiah guy can be a hard ass at any point. So um, you know, if I don't know, it, it seems like a bad uh, bad thing to be playing around with. And I kind of agree with Nick to get the hell out of there. Other than their storehouse of supplies. I mean, good God. 
And you, did, you saw her reaction when she saw that. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll do whatever you say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. especially those weapons. When she saw all the weapons, yeah, she was just yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, It was just like, boom, 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 all the lights turning on. Right, exactly. And, you know, a lot of the... Uh, the, the one thing, though, is a lot of those people in that compound are really very innocent in mm-hmm. retrospect. You know, they may have called themselves preparers or whatever, but they've not the faced The prepared. It. The prepared. Yeah. They've not faced them. They've not faced walkers. Which is, is ironic, though, isn't it? Except for Troy and his people. Yeah, but isn't that ironic? Mm-hmm. That they are the prepared, and yet none of them have actually faced anything that's happening in the world. Right. It's very ironic. You know what? They, uh, you know, they have a force that they use to deal with those things, and that would be Troy and his boys. Yep. Stupid unprepared got her helicopter shot out of the sky. Yeah, that didn't work out too well. No. Travis got shot in the ass. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Supposedly. Supposedly. Or got chewed on by a zombie that you're i don't i don't think your theory about him being chewed on by no a no no i didn't good. i didn't think he was chewed by you i was just it, asking i was asking yeah. you if he was because I, I have couldn't it on tell. tape i have it on tape <laughs> you're an idiot <laughs> that is true that is true i, I have, have that on tape <laughs> hours of that on tape <laughs> i do think um jake playing the the infinite optimist is is a little overdone because yeah yeah now he he'll he'll do that but then when when troy is doing something so obviously crazy you know like wanting to shoot luciana he just stands there and watches yeah you know why would you not at least intervene well did he do something like that this one i mean besides like when he was giving his sermon he yes i mean he he did step in to to tell troy to leave them alone yeah right but not necessarily when an action is happening. He's he's got a, um, a kind of a silly in- innocence to him. Like he's supposed to be kind of in charge, right. mm-hmm. and um, he's supposed to be kind of the ev- evangelical, really, almost in a way of the of the troop. Um, so when people start talking back, he's like, no, no, no. You know, we're supposed to be accepting. We're not supposed to, you know, get rid of people and. What not, but he also seems like he's an idiot when he's dealing with his brother. Yeah, maybe a little bit too too optimistic. Yeah. One thing, though, I, one thing I will mention when you say he's he's very uh, evangelical is, uh, I don't know if you caught it, but when Alicia and the Bible study group was coming back, and he said, how was Bible study? And yeah. Alicia made that comment, he had that grin on his face. Uh-huh. He knew what the well, hell they he were grin? doing. Yeah, he knew what okay, the hell well, they he, were doing. Well, he, he said, no, he said, oh, turning water into wine, huh? Right, yeah, yeah right, which exactly. was a great exactly. comment. Right. But it was almost... But he was I giving him shit. He yeah, knew what they were up to. I know, but I didn't see if he actually grinned about it or not. Because did. I, did, I didn't know if he agreed with it or not. But he, he was... He he didn't, like, chide him for it, you know? Or he no, didn't, like... No. He just he like, knew oh. about it, he just wasn't yeah. going to say anything about yeah. it. Yeah. No, I mean, I thought it was... He had a grin on his face, and I thought it was hilarious. But, hey, you know, but speaking of which, Alicia. Yes. Alicia had really a lot of character development on this episode. She was great in this one. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Jeff you know, was really good in this one? Jeff. Jeff with a G. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, the head in a cage. The head in a cage. Yeah, I thought the uh, that whole thing, though, about the Bible study thing was awesome. Oh, it was great. Well played. 
And uh, even even like her setup for it when she totally thought it was a Bible study thing. She's right, like, right. Christ risen, the band, you know, music, lunch, the Lord. <laughs> I just love that scene, though, when when um, they're, they're all a little stoned and then uh, they bring out Jeff and put him on the table. And Alicia's looking at Jeff in shock. Uh-huh. And then they keep on her face, and then they kind of look around the crowd, and you could tell the rest of them in the room are kind of like, how's she going to react to this? Yeah, right, right, right. And then she just barrels out laughing. I know, (laughs) totally sells it. Yeah. Because I was thinking, I was like, you know, I I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. It seems like a bad thing to be having a zombie head in a cage. But when she she laughs about it, it totally settles, like every, like as a viewer, it settles your feelings about it. Like, okay, what the hell? You can be high and laugh at a dead zombie head. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess when you're high, everything's pretty funny, too, though. <laughs> well, and the comment about how Jeff does not like Troy either because Troy took his body. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeff is not a fan of Troy's. And Jeff was asking all the questions. I love that. Can I ask Jeff a question? Like, That's Jeff, right. Jeff wants to ask you. Yep, exactly. What's the worst thing you've done out there? That was it was I thought that was a great scene. Yep. Yep. I thought it was one of the best. Definitely the best that I've seen with Alicia. Um, oh, the other comment that I forgot about was <laughs> when she was asking her to come, she was like, oh, we're Jewish. Yeah, right. And, she's, and she oh, says, yeah, oh, right. cool, we'll do the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Great <laughs> I comment. I forgot about that one. Yep, yep. Yeah, that, that, was, that, that, was, uh, that was fun. So we, got, we definitely got to be able to uh, see uh, Alicia start integrating in a good way. Mm-hmm. Luciana and Nick, mm-hmm. they're coming, going back and forth about Luciana wants to run out of there, and Nick is kind of driven back and forth on it. Um, yeah, because his family wants to stay, but he right. wants to go too. I think he agrees. Yeah, yeah. Is is it kind of getting old to you? Yes, totally. That was like the driest <laughs> part of the entire episode. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, like honestly, it was. I didn't really, uh, I had no real care about what was happening to her, right. unfortunately. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so she's kind of stuck over in the room. It's, he's going over to almost having to Eat go her. see her. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was not like, like the meat of what was happening in the, the storyline. Right. And I, I did, I agree with you. I really didn't care that much about it. I did care about it, though, when Madison went to see her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Because to me, yeah, it, was, it really felt like she was she was boxing her in. Right. She was like, "Okay, you need to be on board with this. Right. If this she is going to work, all this." She was pointing out all the sacrifices they made to get there and so forth, and she was just like, "And we don't need to mess that up." So she was positioning Luciana where she wanted her. But the stuff with Nick and Luciana, we've already okay. We I think we've beaten that one to death. They want to run. We know it. Yep. Let's go on. What, I tell you, though, um, you know, with all the manipulation of Madison and all we've been talking about, though, Troy showing up in the bed in their quarters was pretty creepy. It was very creepy. I mean, yeah. I was like, man, that took some balls. Yeah. You know what was weird is that um, when she goes and confronts uh, Jeremiah about that, uh, he said something about they're not friends or something, but she said... Uh, Troy's our friend, or Troy mm-hmm. thinks he's our friend, right. because he thinks he can just go into their place. Right. And I think later on, he mentioned something about them being friends. Oh, yeah, it was when um, Jake confronted him. 
At when the he fence. Was, he was mending fences. He was mending fences. Yeah, he said <laughs> he said the clerks are my friends. Yeah, he said the clerks are my friends. That was weird to me. Like, why? Why is he? Uh, I mean, does he just think that that means that uh, that's like he can he can? Yeah, um, don't interfere with me. They're my friends. Yeah, he can converse with them mm-hmm. more because yeah. oh, they're my friends. And I think he, in some sense, in his twisted mind, he was thinking that in essence he invited them. Yeah, right. Which which is what Jake explains to him. He's like, no, I invited them here, so I'm right. they're under my protection. Exactly. So okay, there's I think there's more to that. I guess. Right. Well, that's true. That's true. I'm sure there is. Um, but it was funny though because you could see during that scene though, um, Madison was taken back, of course, by by Troy being in the bed like that and, and being very cryptic. You know, and they show her almost reaching for her gun at first. And then you kind of saw her facial expression change, and she was kind of like, I think I can work this guy. Yeah, this is another instance where i got to turn it on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And her attitude changed. And that and that line about, um, Troy, that bed was made when you came in here. Oh, and he turned around and made it, didn't he? Yeah, he sure yeah. did. <laughs> he sure did. She was being motherly. You know what was good, though? His line about Nick was not picked... Mm-hmm. was pretty powerful yeah he's like yeah. i did not pick nick to come right. here nick was he does not deserve to be here right and that's when like when you go back to like or later on when they're going out to the um to get the board it's like come on nick yeah. don't go right 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 You're exactly toast. and you know you know that that really threw madison when she found out he went out there with him yeah right because she knew you know yeah, he's threatened by he's threatened by nick yeah yeah, have you have you uh, have you noticed how white the camp is? Um, it is very white. I'm trying to remember if there's uh, any other nationalities or skin no. colors there. None. No. None. Okay. It's very, it's very white. That's why. That's why I think um, even though Luciana, Luciana wasn't dead, she was not going to be accepted. Interesting. Because even even um, Jeremiah says it in his in that intro, you know, in his uh, uh, infomercial tape. Yeah, that the we are the whitest of, crackers. No, he says, but he says <laughs> the cities are overrun by by uh, uh, outside influences or yeah, yeah, something yeah, yeah, to yeah, that yeah. effect. Yeah, he does. He does. I remember actually because at first I was thinking about. Um, well, anyways, yeah, I was. I I I kind of caught a, an inference to that, and then I was like, "Oh, well, that's because it's blatantly in the very beginning." <laughs> right, right, right. There's definitely no Hispanics in the camp, which is quite odd, based on their geography. Well, it is, but that's the that's kind of the point. Yeah, I know. Just they kidding. Were, they were not welcome because of that, and um, so I think that's gonna you know that'll continue to play a play a role in this. Mm-hmm. And we'll just have to see. And I think, I think most of the people you were seeing um, executed by Troy were either not Anglo or injured. Well, they did. I mean, they killed a couple of white guys there. I think Troy, yeah. Troy's people were just killing people. And but it was, and and I also think that part of that was due to their location because they're right on the border there too. Yeah, so they were but, killing everybody coming over the border. But I also think you got to take into effect that his separation of Madison. And Alicia to one area, and then and then um, Travis to another area wasn't good. And part of the reason I think that you know, then you might hear people say, "Well, Nick went along." I think Nick was there because he was so attached to Luciana. Yeah, that's true. It could and be she. She was already injured, and you know they didn't want her in the camp probably. 
I yeah, I, I think that's part of the reason she was there. But I think they were just taking the men down to kill them because they're possibly. a little hard. They're a little harder to control, possibly. Um, and who knows what they were going to do with the women that they were bringing up to the office. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we, you didn't even get that far into the into the no, episode. No, no, no. But he I, obviously I saying, was. Right. He was obviously um, making friends mm-hmm. with them. But it's definitely. I definitely think there are serious racist undertones to this camp that um, could definitely play a role later on. Could be, man. Especially with, especially with whoever they might be dealing with is uh, who shot down the helicopter. Which I was very surprised that that did not happen or show up in this episode. I thought something was going to happen. I was waiting for something to happen, but that well, didn't, that didn't yeah. come to fruition. But that's only because the people they sent out to find out about it disappeared. Oh, that's right. They didn't show up. That's right. Yeah. That's that's why we have a search party. You're right, Scott. I'm thank glad you. we have you. Thank you, thank you. I'll be here all the episode. <laughs> but sure, yeah, you know. So they, uh, I don't know. Anyway, that's just just something that I've been observing with the show. What about Strand? Yeah, what about Strand? Dude, driving his Jag up past all those, <laughs> those yeah, that poor a, migrant people. <laughs> that really wasn't that bright. No, like, what the hell? You're going down, like, a one-lane road pushing people, and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Yeah, in Spanish. Like, like he's going to be able to get out of there if people turn on him or something? (laughs) Where the hell are you going to go? So he makes it all the way down there, and rightfully so, the guy at the end is like, no, get in the back of the line. (laughs) Right, exactly, exactly. And then he tries Uh, to bribe him, and that guy's not playing that at all. Yeah, but he he obviously knew where he was going and who his audience was, so he kept with it but and then he got screwed over by the guy Mm -hmm. so this is one of his um, old associates or uh, at least clients i guess something Um, yeah something that uh he and his his boyfriend before used to deal with right and the guy's got all the water yes evidently he's got control of the dam don't know how that happened maybe we'll find out maybe we won't um, and I'm not sure what Dante was before that. I think he mentioned something about maybe he stole a lot of land from people or something. Well, he was saying that Strand was trying to take all his people's land. So he was obviously, he was a developer or, you know, something like that. Um, right. And so, uh, what was Strand's, um, husband's name? I forget. Oh, um, Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. He and yep. Thomas, he, Thomas sent him down many times to deal with this guy. Right. Um, who he was saying, oh, you confused uh that we had some sort of friendship and then he goes to right. throw him and he off was the dam. and he was evidently a a he evidently really liked thomas yeah right yeah yeah because he showed some sort of feeling when he was like yeah thomas didn't make it i have to admit um that whole uh dante uh dynamic really didn't do much for me it was just kind of to me kind of this oh great another gang well, I'm hoping he gets the hell out of there. Daniel gets him the hell out of there. So uh, right. we'll see. But um, yeah, I, I kind of agree. Uh, I really had a hard time getting into that. I, I parts of parts of it were good, but yeah, it was. It did seem like okay. Let's move on from this guy, and let's. I, I mean, it, it was disappointing when he looks like he's stuck there. Right. I put it that way. Uh, when I, you're I like, wasn't oh, intrigued. Crap. I wasn't intrigued by Mr. Dante's character. Let me put it that way. Right. And Strain was. He was wanting to. Like he said, get a cocktail and move on. He wasn't looking right. for anything else. Right. And this guy felt like he was there to take everything he could. Right. So, right. 
And I can't say I quite understood the whole. Uh, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna break you down and make you low like the people that were below you or something like that. I, you know, I, I guess I need to know more about that story to figure out what he was talking about there. Well, Strand's a manipulator, right? Uh, and he is a salesman and a con guy, and so, um, so yeah, like something happened in their history uh, where you know Strand takes advantage of people, right? You know, and he was a tool for Thomas to, you know, make good deals possibly mm-hmm. and, you know, to get land from people and, and was a smooth talker and, and that sort of thing. But when he said stole from Thomas, was he talking about originally? I don't when... know what that was about. I don't know what that because that was that almost was... seemed like a very specific instance where something happened. Well, and we, knew, like... we knew Strand stole from Thomas originally. That's how they got together. Remember? Yeah, but it seemed like something yeah, after like that, afterwards, yeah, because it would have been something where he was already working with Thomas, you know, like mm-hmm. he was down there doing a deal. But I don't, I don't know. But 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 we came to find out later on though that Strand came by the boat and so forth because he was trying to and or found himself in L.A. when all this went down and so forth mm-hmm. because he was trying to complete a deal that Thomas had set up. Right, which was yeah, right. So I'm not I'm not really sure where what that reference was to. Thomas used to hang back at the ranch and Strand would go off and complete all the uh, real estate deals, it seems like. Right. Right. Uh, because he was the smooth talker. Right. So that's that's why this guy I probably felt like he was shafted in some deals at some point. Maybe so. Well, I, I had respect yeah. for Thomas, probably not for the the salesman lackey that Strand was that was coming out to Screw him so. over on something. Maybe so. It just seemed like he maybe felt like Thomas was a straight dealer and Strand was not. But I don't right. know. I don't know. I, I can't I can't place Dante into whether he's supposed to be like some underworld guy or if he's supposed to be some some businessman or something like that. He did have stink face though, didn't he? Yeah, he did have stink See, face. I, I called that. Mm-hmm. One of our listeners called it resting bitch face. Ah, okay. Well that's that's a, I think that's good. I think that's a term Kim has used many times. Yep, resting bitch face. That's nice. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. the The cool thing out of that scene was, um, well, maybe cool was the uh, the Walker pile, right? Yeah, and that the was a great gimmick. Off, which that was, was a cool gimmick. Yeah, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Strand being hung over the side. I don't. I mean, whatever. I think I had one note on that entire thing, but it was probably like a fifteen minute scene. Right. Right. Exactly. So, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course, you know, it ends up with Strand getting thrown in the thrown in a cell, in essence, mm-hmm. in the dam, I guess. And and Daniel shows up. Because they to have give those damn those damn cells. Yes, because all those damn All those cells. damn jails they have around mm-hmm. there. In that, in that <laughs> dam. Um so Daniel shows up to bring him water. Mm-hmm. And Daniel says the how did let me ask you this. This is the thing I couldn't remember. How did Daniel and Strand leave? out oh it's um, almost like there was something really bad between them when they left out but i can't remember i couldn't remember what it was well i mean that was when they were at cecilia's right yes yeah, cecilia's okay yeah where thomas died yeah i don't remember their what their last conversation was about there must have been something because he but, evidently told him he would be his guardian angel or something. Right, like yeah, that. that was one of the last things that he did say to him was was that in a conversation, but that was on a bo- on the boat. Hmm. Okay. Um so but I don't know that they had many uh many scenes together after that. 
Well, maybe maybe one of our listeners knows and could let it, let us know. Yeah, I, I, I honestly we... could not think back to what their what their connection was. I don't know, but anyway, evidently it was something very cryptic because he said that the strand and strand looked like he was blown away. Yeah. So I guess we can speculate something next week will happen in that category. By the way, did you, I, one real quick thing. I don't know if you noticed Jeff, the head. Yeah. Got a credit. Oh, did he really? <laughs> <laughs> well, they said, in the, they said in the after show thing that uh, they actually, it was a raised set. And the guy right. was actually underneath <laughs> the set right, the entire right. time with his head popping yeah. up through the table. Well, it says Jeff, the head. Jeff the head in the credits. Oh, that's, that's good. And it's spelled G E O F F. Did you know she sprayed like some air freshener or something yeah, in the I saw that, like perfume she... or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, before <laughs> yeah. she popped the head out. I thought that was good. That was a good Because you saw Alicia's eyes kind of open up when she saw her spray the perfume. Oh, let me get Jeff. Yeah. He opens up that container. <laughs> yeah. I have to admit, I wasn't quite sure where they were going with that one. I figured it was something mm-hmm. with, the, with the walker, but I wasn't sure where they were going. Maybe we'll get to see more of Jeff. I hope so. Yeah. I don't want to. Oh, yeah, what was it? The other stuff he said, she said, uh, what was that girl's name? Do you remember? No, I don't. I don't. Oh, okay. Anyway, she said, Jeff says he's, says he's from Flagstaff. <laughs> I'm not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. But I'm not buying it. <laughs> and then the, uh, the other scene where, I mean, the other part of that when she's sitting there and they ask, you know, Jeff asks, what is the worst thing you've done? And she said, I killed a man. And then it just kind of freezes on her mm-hmm. with just wide eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought her, her comeback was great. You know, when she said, what did it feel like? Yeah. She said, easy. Yeah. E- yeah. Right, right, right. And I guess we're tr- we're supposed to feel because she's kind of looked like she, you know, with her, she has a conversation with Nick. And I think she even had like two conversations with Nick. Then in the last episode, she had broken down crying or something like that when he asked how she was doing and then in this one she was uh he was asking her you know you know what do you say something like oh yeah he says he ends the scene or whatever with you know what happened to you out there oh right and she just walks away yeah and doesn't answer so i'm not sure if we're supposed to feel like because she killed that guy she's broken or something now i'm not i'm not quite sure where that was going Right. Um, or what that dynamic is. Well, but. I never, I mean, she, had she not killed anybody before? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think when she killed the uh, the doctor guy, so or the doctor's brother. So were we supposed to feel that that was like a, a major turning point for her? Because I never did. Right. Yeah, I think that's what they were trying to convey, that it was a major turning point for her. They didn't try hard enough, I guess, in the scene itself. Right. They but didn't pull you in, Stu. No, I guess they're they're trying to make up for it in some way. But... Um, yeah, I never got that feeling that that was a very big deal. Yeah, but yeah, I think that was her first person she's killed, and she did it all on instinct. But anyway, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, do you want to take a break for a moment? All right. Yeah, we got a storm rolling in. I'm ready to take a break. All right, everybody, we're going to take a break for a moment. We'll be back in a sec. I know that I... Be contented with yesterday's memory No new thing of me Once in a while In life 
All right, everybody, we're back. Um, our friend Kim, Stu's wife, uh, was able to. <laughs> She's still send... my friend. She's still your friend too. That's true. <laughs> That's a good point. But she was able to send in her thoughts from the marshes of Alabama, and uh, so we want to share those with you. Hey guys, it's Kim coming to you from beautiful Alabama. Working with the turtles this week, so I wasn't able to watch the episode with the rest of you on Sunday night, and I'm not able to participate in the recording of the podcast with Stuart and Scott, so I'm giving you my own little commentary about episode three from Fear the Walking Dead entitled Tiawaki, the end of the world as we know it. But, so, holy crap, Daniel's back. Were you guys all surprised when Daniel popped up on the screen? Because I certainly was. I had chill bumps running up and down my arms. And I was jumping up and down on the couch and shouting. And my roommates were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, Daniel's back. And they're like, we don't care. But I do. <laughs> that was so shocking, so unexpected, and so amazing. I cannot wait for next week's episode. It looks like they're going to show us the backstory of how he got to where he's at. How did he end up with Dante? Dun, dun, dun. Inquiring minds want to know. I'm very excited. But that also means that we're going to have probably a really good reunion storyline with Ophelia and Daniel in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, especially, I mean, at least during his season three. So Ophelia's somewhere out there, and we think she's at the auto camp, and they just haven't run into her yet. So this will be exciting. And also, I mean, obviously they have to meet up. So that means Strand's going to be reunited with everybody too. And that'll be great. The whole gang will be back together again. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Madison at with Jeremiah, the whole bonding scene with the cigarettes and everything. Very poignant. I can see what she's doing, keeping her enemies close. But you can see that she's softening a bit. I think this whole death, Travis death, um, has really affected her, has shown her that she needs to slow down and make a, create a safe place for her family. And it's allowing her to see the bigger picture. So I think Jeremiah might actually be good for her. I do see her overcoming him at some point and taking over the camp or at least um, getting out of the camp and creating a new space for themselves. But she's definitely taking on that leadership role, which I think the whole entire show needs. So I'm really excited to see what happens with her um, and Jeremiah. Alicia's little Bible study, like that's the craziest Bible study I've ever seen in my life. Wish they had more like that when I was a kid. I might still be practicing Catholic. <laughs> um, but Jeff was fun too, right? Like, who's Jeff? Where did he come from? But the whole group was really cool. I liked that she finally has a group of kids that she can hang out with and kind of be a teenager again. She's lost that in the last few months with the whole apocalypse thing. And she's had to, she admittedly had to kill someone and grow up too fast basically and deal with things that kids should not have to deal with. So it's nice to see her be able to unwind. I, I, I'm still not sure if I totally trust those kids, especially the girl. She seems like there's something Something's going on with her. Like there's a little bit of devious nature to her, but maybe it just goes as long as the fact that she is smoking weed and drinking while she's supposed to be studying the Bible. <clears throat> Who knows? But anyways, 
good for Alicia that she's able to unwind. So Troy and Nick had their little roll in the hay, and all of a sudden we're supposed to think that everything's okay with the two of them, even though Nick just shot a gun near Troy's head and then tore up his precious little book. That doesn't make sense to me. Something else is going on. I don't believe for one second that Troy is just automatically okay with everything that Nick and him have been through. And we know for sure that Nick is not okay with Troy. I'm not really sure what's going on and where they're taking this, but I'm very excited to see where it goes. So I will definitely tune in for more next week. Happily. And then Strand, our beloved Strand. So excited to see him again. But holy crap, that walker group underneath the bridge and the cartel member that fell into it. Whew, stuff of nightmares. But Strand looked genuinely nervous that he was going to be thrown over the edge. Um, so my question is, who is Dante? I think I remember him from season one as one of their business partners. But uh, who is he exactly? And he seems to think that what he's doing is good for the world by killing the bad people off. But then in return, he's becoming one of those bad people. So, and now Strand wants to work for him. Obviously, that's to save his own butt, but Strand went there for a reason, and he knew that he would be there. He knew Dante would be there. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what the backstory is of this whole thing. But more importantly, I'm very excited to see how Strand and Daniel give back to the group. So all in all, I think this episode was amazing. I think the producers are doing an excellent job this season so far. We're only three episodes in and I cannot wait to see what happens next week. Like I said earlier, I think they're finally hitting their stride and I venture to guess that this might bring some more viewers in, especially those people that might be a little bit tired of the whole Negan spiel with The Walking Dead. Maybe they'll come over to fear. But it makes me very excited that we decided to stick with Fear and to see where this goes. Um, and with a new showrunner next year, um, I'm just hoping that it gets better and better. So, very good episode. Sorry I couldn't be there to share it with you guys. I have no beer to share. I'm drinking coffee right now because I just woke up an hour ago. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so cheers. And thank you, Kim. We're happy you were... Uh with the episode yeah she's excited yeah. about daniel obviously 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 so we're gonna play kim's favorite thing even though she's not here oh. even though she did send it in we're she gonna did. play hit hit or miss she sent us hit or misses because she didn't put it in the I audio know. Damn i know it, she sent them to she's making it more I difficult know. but that's okay that's okay we can we can handle her hit or misses for her so kim do you want to go first but yes i do <laughs> Okay, Kim, your hit was Daniel. Can't wait to see more of him. Yep, yep, exactly. So uh, she's happy with Daniel coming back, yeah, obviously. Of course. Stu, what about you? What was your hit? Uh, Christ Risen, The Bunker, Jeff, <laughs> yep. and Alicia's reaction, like I said, that sold the sold Jeff as being an yep. okay thing to have when you're smoking pot. <laughs> exactly. You always need a head in the basket. No, you know what was great about that scene is when they when they're going into the bunker and they make her go first. And right. It's a right. very uncomfortable scene. You're like, oh my god, don't go in there first. Right. Right. You'd be almost like, uh, no, you go first. Yeah, and they're you walking around. And you can tell it is a bunker. 
Um, yep. And and she's walking around, and it's like all of a sudden they pull out the the bong, mason jars, <laughs> and the mason jars of alcohol. Yeah, the and mason so jars of alcohol. That what a, that was awesome. Yep. Very yep. unexpected. Yep. Um, my hit. Well, I I you know I I have to give kudos to the pot smoking kids definitely, but. I still think my hit for the whole episode was Madison. Madison setting up her chessboard. I really, really liked watching that. Um, the way she worked each player. She worked Luciana and Jeremiah and Nick, Alicia, Troy. She was she was pushing them into certain places. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I thought that was pretty cool. It's going to be interesting to see how well her plan works out. Do you feel it's weird at all how well she's playing this after so shortly after having... Um lost Travis. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that I feel it is weird. I'm just, you know, it's, I mean, mm-hmm. she's, you right. know, she's backed into a corner and she's reacting to the situation and kind of doing what she needs to do. But do you, how do you feel about that? I, I almost feel that there's like with her, there's this underlying rage at them. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, not at her kids, but at, at this, this camp and, you know, and that she's, She's going to take it out on them by manipulating the hell out of them. Which makes sense for her comment saying that if they don't, if we don't fit in, we're going to take over. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think that is her, I think that is her underlying thing. That's why I said, I don't think she's very sincere with a lot of the stuff she's yeah. saying. This is a resource that she's mm-hmm. ready to use. But if they, yeah, and she's if like, they get I'm in the take, way. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take these yokels. Um, so... It'll be it'll be interesting to see if she's able to complete that. Um, Kim, would you like to share your miss? Yes. All right, Kim. What is it? Uh, some unbelievable plot points in this episode, mainly that we're supposed to believe that Troy is suddenly okay with Nick, and that Madison is asserting her family into the entire camp's dynamics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that because I think she's manipulating their way in. Through little things, but I think that I think that uh, hits on kind of what I was saying earlier, that mm-hmm. she's pretty overly confident that she will be able to manipulate these people. I think um, she's just real angry. Yeah, but these these I are, don't know if she's well. No, that's true. But these are very protective people. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, that's why they created this camp away from people in the first place. And mm-hmm. if there is a hint of the fact that she is not being totally sincere with her actions um they're they're up shit creek big time yeah all of them but i also think she i think she just feels like they're a bunch of bumpkins no i well that's um, what i'm saying you gotta watch out for i have no <laughs> no clue what's really going on you gotta watch out for how easily you write someone off as a bumpkin especially what i think that was back to my point that this guy used to sell stuff he used to be a salesman mm-hmm. he knows somewhat how to manipulate people maybe not that well but right. he's made it this far, and right. you saw his storehouse of shit that was down there. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's been selling pretty well. So actually, you know. he states that he didn't. No, he, he said it wasn't. He said he it said didn't. It didn't really wasn't well, going to make me. But the money. Yeah, he came. said it wasn't going to make me a millionaire. But some of them wanted it. So yeah. Well, he obviously got a lot because that was a shitload yeah. of stuff. There was a lot of buckets. Yeah. So I'll fall in between the two of you on that one. All right. All right. How about your miss? What was your miss? Uh, my miss was the weird timeline of all this stuff. Like, I understand that these people, like, created this sanctuary 
away from mm-hmm. people, to get away from how they thought the negatives in society were were turning. But like there there were a lot of questions as to like how long these people have been out here and how, you know, how they were not for one uh that affected by what happened. And then like when when they're in the pot circle, right? And yeah. the and she was asking, well, you know, how many of you people or Alicia, I should say Alicia, was asking right. like how how many of you were uh lived here and how many are you um just surviving what happened? And she said we had, you know, some people that came here after it happened and some people that were mm-hmm. already here. Right. You know, people that came there after it happened would have a little bit more experience as to what the hell's going on out there. And it just it just seemed like there was some weird timelines. Like, they had been secluded too long. Like, it seemed like yeah. all of them were secluded for the same amount of time. And right. we don't know right. enough about these people for me to, like, completely make that broad brush but of a know, statement on them. But still, it seemed like... I kind of... You know, I see what you're saying. I kind of agree with you, you know, because, um, again, it comes back to one of the plot fall faults that we felt from the whole series right from the beginning is that the characters didn't express enough interest in finding out what was going on yeah well you know and how long has this been going on it hasn't been going well, it's only been several months right and so if it's only been several months and all these people were that brainwashed into this entire society again mm-hmm. we've only been introduced to a few characters and right half but i think they were done smoking pot I know. Well, I think they were. <laughs> I think they were already introduced into, or were brainwashing that thing before anything went down with the with the Walker apocalypse. Maybe that's but, they, they exited to that place. Found yeah, I mean, there. I think they were all part of that yeah, at some yeah, point yeah. or another, and just con, you know converged on it when things went to shit. But the the lack of of people attempting to find out what was happening around the world and so forth, that's that's you know still kind of grates on me a little bit. Well, they never do really ask a lot of questions about, like, where'd you come from? What'd you see? Like, you know, I mean, right. I'd be like, I'd be combing people for information on, on right. what, what happened out there. Right. Where, I mean, where you're Jeremiah's coming from. Only, yeah, Jeremiah's only question is, uh, uh, you know, when she comes in the door without knocking, is that, is that how it happens in the City of Angels or whatever? Right. And I'm kind of like, yeah. that's all you ask about what's going on outside? Yeah. You know, you never see anybody on a radio. Yeah. They had a helicopter. They had lights. Yep. They had it all. They had it all, Stu. But they, they the, well, all. I mean, okay, these people don't really want to communicate with people, so that's one right. thing. But it's been pretty consistent that people in the show, Walking Dead as well, that mm-hmm. they weren't really communicating with people. Right. Uh, Walking Dead always felt like there was no communication. I mean, you're down to the bottom level, even though... Um, you know, your resources are so depleted that that right. was just not an option. Whereas here, it always seemed like there was a possibility, like you would always be searching for that possibility. Like, right. is this battery working? Is this car battery working? Can I pick something right. up? But no, they never For are. me, I always had the feeling on The Walking Dead that a lot of them did know what happened. A lot of them were already informed about it. And that because we have that what is a month or so separation or, or a couple of months separation when, when Rick is in the coma mm-hmm. that, um, that a lot of them saw things as they went down, you know, and saw what was happening around the world and the country and so forth, but didn't really, but then they, you know, it wasn't a po- topic of conversation anymore because they already knew about it. 
Whereas, you know, we're watching Fear of the Walking Dead and they just don't seem to really try. Yeah. Well, did you ever, beginning. Did you ever see that show, The Last Man on Earth? Um, Griffin Dunn? No. No, 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 no. It was, it's a comedy. It's uh, the guy from yeah. Sa- Saturday Night Live. It was a show, it, uh, I forget his name. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's the last man on Earth, and he is, he literally thinks he is the last person on Earth. But he sets right. up, like, a radio beacon, mm-hmm. and he goes out on billboards and spray paints, like, there is life in wherever he was, Phoenix or something like that. Right. And all and people find him there. Right. You know? And, and that's what you would be doing. That's what you would, <laughs> so you know? It's, it's silly, in a way, because it's like, you know, we hear this apocalyptic, like, your resources are your resources and you don't want anybody to take anything from you and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, yeah, you, uh, there would be something, you know, even it's if human you, nature, yeah, even if it's you, human nature even, to be curious right. about what happened, even if you set it up so that they went to a place where you could observe them versus the place where you're storing everything or whatever, right. you know, I mean, there's, yeah, there is this, uh, there's a little bit of a lack of, of, um, uh, logic, yeah, logic that that people would probably actually want to, to try and search out for other people, right? And and right. The, and that's where it's weird with Madison saying, and I think Nick is kind of agreeing in in the same way that why does she think this is the place to stay? Mm-hmm. You just got over the border for one thing, mm-hmm. and you found this is the first place you found, right? Not to say that anything on the other side of the border in Mexico is. There wasn't anything better there, but I mean, when they get over and they find this ranch, and it's the only mm-hmm. place, there could be many other places. Actually, in fact, from what our people have found in *Fear of the Walking Dead*, there are many other places because they seem to find places right. all over the place. But I think she she was looking at it from the prospect of security, yeah, and and the fact that these people have been able to stay isolated from this that that it was uh, you know it was a good place to stop for at least a while yeah plant some roots and see what happens okay well i'm gonna change my miss then it's not the timeline my miss is is staying at this place (laughs) (laughs) and i'll leave it at that you've already gotten enough bad vibes to get the hell out of there (laughs) i would get the fuck out of there totally yeah totally (laughs) these are not good people anywhere they have this guy troy and the dad is trying to protect his insane son Right. And he is in charge of every other person at that place. And you know that secret. Yeah. And no one else seems to know it. Then you get the hell out of that place. Because mm-hmm. he if, if he turns on you at any point and you try to say, hey, listen, Dad, Troy needs to hit the road. Mm-hmm. Everybody in that compound is going to turn on him. So. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. All right. My, my miss was... Um, up until Daniel showed up, my miss was the whole uh, Dante storyline. Okay. It just wasn't drawing me in at all. Um, and that was one where, you know, I could go get a bag of chips while that was going on. <laughs> and did you? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, both times I viewed it, I did. Um, chip time. Chip time. Um, but uh, Daniel showing up at the end there at least br- brought me some intrigue. Brought me some some yeah. interest, yeah. But it took all the way to then for me to really get into because I'm just like, oh god, another another gang, great, <laughs> so, wonderful. So that was your miss, though. Yes, that was my okay. miss. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Um, 
I don't think we have any news this week, right? No, no. Kim Kim's okay. gone, so we don't have any news. Nope. Yes, no news. No news, folks. But we do have some listener comments. Not a whole lot. I mean, what's going on, folks? Twitter feed was sleeping. Again, we didn't have Kim to, to you know, she, she only gave us a few, so... Um, Generate a buzz? What, yeah, you know what's weird is actually there has been a lot of buzz about the show. People seem to actually be mm-hmm. really excited about it, which is good. I'm glad. Right. Uh, right. And I feel exactly. like the, the show has finally hit its stride, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely has. I mean, this especially these first three episodes are working it. So until we like watch Sunday and we're like, oh my god, we just fall no. asleep. No, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, exactly. no. I think they've got some great stuff to work with, and I think um, I it, can't eat any more chips. <laughs> it's become its own thing, which is great. But we huh? and we have some comments actually from Twitter. Uh, David Valentin wrote in said the Clarks are becoming unlikable. Also, what's up with the lack of diversity in that community? Is it by choice or isolation? I'm telling you. It's coming to roost. Evan Bookman said, uh, Strand thought exercising his right to use the drive-up, head-of-the-line privilege, was a good idea. (laughs) No doubt. (laughs) Uh, I was a little surprised one of the pedestrians he was honking at, uh, zombie dinner bell, didn't kill him just to quiet his ass down, no doubt. Anyone think that Nick and Spoonman are best buddies now that they have had a little tussle? <laughs> uh, that's good. That is good. <laughs> Although Strand, he tra- even when he's hanging from the dam, he's like, "You're you're su- you're too close to your supply." <laughs> <laughs> he's still working an angle. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, you're a toast. Uh, Shut up. So, think of the names you could come up with, Troy. I mean, Troy, you know, he's Spoon Man, he's Blinky, (laughs) he's he's The Stare. Yeah. Um, Yeah. One Eye. Old One Eye. (laughs) Spoon Man. Spoon Man. You know what, Evan? I think we're going to roll with Spoon Man. That's perfect. That's a good one. That's perfect. So, next time on Fear of the Walking Dead, which will be Season 3, Episode 4... The 100. Well, that's what, it, what that that's what it's called. 100? Okay. 100. Uh, a mysterious character searches for purpose and soon becomes tied to the struggle over key resources in the apocalypse. I think that sounds like Daniel. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know why they would call him a mysterious character, though. Yes. Mysterious Daniel that we already know of. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it it's opens a mystery up a because shop. we're trying to figure it <laughs> He was a killer, <laughs> but he opened up a barber shop. He doesn't realize, or he doesn't understand why no one's coming to get a haircut. That's right. <laughs> He's creeping me yeah, out, man. I think it looks, uh, from the previews, it looks pretty obviously like it's Daniel and how he got to yeah. where he is and how he survived. Yeah, I think that's all it is. I yeah. don't know why they're calling him a mysterious character, but nonetheless. Mysterious guess, history, maybe. Yeah, yeah. The mystery of how Daniel showed up. How about that? Yes. Well, anyway. Anyways. Well, Stu, you have anything else you want to impart upon the audience? Only that we uh, really appreciate all the re- reviews that we've received on iTunes, and we would re- appreciate even more. So uh, mm-hmm. if you do use iTunes or any other uh, podcast service, uh, please uh, leave us your reviews so we can make our show better, get our word out there. And um, hopefully get more comments in. 
so we can yeah. so we can share everybody's ideas on on what they thought about the show. Absolutely. So thanks for listening to the Fear Me podcast. You can download our episodes from your favorite podcast site. You can also find us on Twitter at Fear Me Pod, on Facebook at Facebook slash Fear Me Podcast, and on the web at fearmepodcast.com. You can email us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. Good night. I have to say this beer tastes worse the more you drink it. Ah, uh, there you go. It's it's really bad. Hmm. You really had to deep you had to reach deep in the fridge for that bad boy cuz that was that was a long time ago I gave you that. I really did reach deep in the fridge. It was actually stuck behind the meat drawer. <laughs> <laughs> the crisper. <laughs> it was crisp. Oh, Didn't change that's the flavor. Awesome. No, no, it did not help either.